Hebrews chapter 12. I'll be reading verses 1 through 11. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which, which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh who corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after, our own, after their own pleasure, for he, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them that are exercised thereby. You may be seated. Thanks. Well, good morning, and I greet you in the name of the risen Lord. Jesus Christ uh, on this Easter morning and uh, it feels like I'm back at home although I'm at the wrong spot usually I like to be down there um, but it is good to be around here it's been a long time since we've been at Weavertown um, so it is good to see so many familiar faces and then there's a whole crop of younger faces that uh, I can sometimes pick out where you belong but uh, it's good to be here So I'll just give you a real short update on our life the last 10, 12 years. Um, so we uh, were at Ohio Boys Camp for five years. Uh, we moved out to Ohio in 2009 uh, and served at Ohio Boys Camp for five years. Um, and then after uh, we, we left camp, we're not living there anymore. 2015 we left camp, moved to a little property uh, 25 minutes away from camp, and uh, we joined the uh, Somerville Christian Fellowship, just a small church there, uh, helping to support the camp. So um, I work from home, and it's sort of a dream come true for me, uh, just being able to uh, spend time with my family. Um, God's blessed us. Uh, I sell wooden toys and games um, uh, online, so that's been, that's been um, a lot of fun. And then last, uh, last summer, I was ordained as a pastor at, at Somerville Christian Fellowship, and that's sort of changed our lives, my life um, as well, too. Oh, back in 2015, um, when we moved to our, our new property, um, I sort of revived. It was, it was going, um, but an interest that I had had for many years. Um, I'm, I'm a Kaufman, so... Um, 
I started planting some apple trees and fruit trees um, at our property. We have a, about a three-acre field. And um, so uh, I, it just sort of, um, it's been snowballing for me, my, my uh, hobby. Um, so I have about 120 trees planted uh, right now. And I'll, uh, probably next few weeks we'll be planting, oh, maybe 40 to 50 more. Um, so last summer, um, or last spring, my, my boys and I got into grafting. So we're um, grafting. We have one tree that we call the granddaddy tree. Um, it's a big old apple tree, maybe 15, 20 years old behind our, our building. And so we graft different varieties of apples onto that. The apples that grow on that tree um, are like, they're, they're not that great. And so um, we've had a lot of fun. And so at this point, last year, we grafted maybe about 20, 25 different apple varieties onto the granddaddy tree. And so in a few years, um, wherever we grafted a stick of wood called scion wood onto that apple tree, um, if it grows, and it'll produce a, a variety, um, a di that it's specific variety um, of, the, of the scion, the, the stick of wood that we took off, say we took it off of a Macintosh tree, grafted it onto Granddaddy tree, as that branch grows, eventually it'll produce fruit, and it'll produce Macintosh apples, not the original of, uh, apple variety that was on the Granddaddy tree. So we have about 25 different varieties, and we want to put a bunch more on. Um, it's just a lot of fun seeing those little four-inch uh, scion wood, piece of wood, um, grow. And uh, actually, uh, one, one stick of one scion wood um, that, we plant, that we grafted onto the granddaddy tree last year uh, has some buds on. So maybe we'll get some apples from that this year. All that to say... Um, I'm here to preach a sermon, right? Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to preach a sermon about my hobby. About um, and, and this is a sermon I preached at Summerfield. Um, it's not an Easter sermon this morning. Um, it's maybe a little harder sermon um, for for me and for for us all. Um, I, I, I preached. Uh, I'm, I'm preaching about lessons from the orchard. Um, so imagine with me if you have a few apple trees in your backyard and I come and tell you um, that there is one simple formula for you that I'll, I'll tell you this simple formula um, it's it's easy it's simple and if you do this formula it will produce for you on your apple trees it'll produce more fruit more apples it'll produce bigger fruit it'll produce prettier fruit tastier fruit, and healthier fruit, all by just doing this one simple formula. Not only that, your apple trees will be stronger, uh, they'll, they'll be healthier, and they'll also look prettier. Um, do you have any idea what it was, what that, would, that simple formula would be? Um, there's some Kaufmans here, you probably um, know better than I even. <laughs> That simple formula is called pruning or trimming, um, and I think I'm right. I, I've never been trained by, by Ken or, or my grandpa Ray or anybody like that, um, but I think I'm correct that if there's only one thing you do, it would be trimming or pruning your fruit trees. Now, the other things like 
fertilizing and spraying and mulching and staking. That's all important too. I'm not saying that those aren't important. Apple trees need a lot of care. But if you had to do just one, pruning would be the most important one to do. And so I want to talk about God's pruning program. The pruning program of God this morning in our lives. And I want to compare that to pruning an apple tree. I want to compare that, what God does in our lives, uh, what God does in my life, and in yours, hopefully. I want to compare that to pruning an apple tree. John 15, 8. And I'm reading most of the passages. If not all, I'll be reading in the NIV. John 15, 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, what's the idea of planting an apple tree? Well, it's simple, right? We want to produce apples. We want fruit. Um, Apple trees can be pretty, especially this time of the year when they're blooming. Um, But they're not the prettiest tree out there. They certainly are not. Um, but we plant apple trees because we like to eat fruit. We want that tree to bear fruit. That's the idea behind a fruit tree, is to bear fruit. So you and I, if we've named the name of Jesus, and we serve the risen Lord, his idea for you and for me is to bear much fruit. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. So how do we do that? How do we glorify God by bearing fruit? Well, hopefully you already are. Let's talk about fruit, for instance, for, for a bit. Um, spiritual fruit. Well, the fruit of the Spirit. How, what's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, the list goes on. We are to bear spiritual fruit for the kingdom of God, for the master orchardist, Jesus Christ. God has planted you, God has planted me, where he wants you to be. And his, his will for you in your life, we sometimes ask about, what's God's will for me? Well, God's will for you is to bear spiritual fruit for his glory. And that doesn't look all... Sometimes it might, God might be wanting to plant you over in Africa or somewhere else, right? But God wants you to bear fruit right now where he's planted you and where he's planted me. And that sometimes is a lot simpler than we give, than, than we think. Um, bearing fruit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness. God wants that in our lives. He wants us to bear fruit. So, Again, that simple formula, pruning. Let's talk about pruning in our lives. Well, discipline. When I say that word, what, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? Uh, discipline. Well, for me, sometimes it's punishment um, or a spanking, maybe, um, when we discipline our children. God has a discipline program for us. God wants to discipline us. Let's think about that word, though, a little bit more. What's the root word of discipline? It's disciple, right? Um, So when we think of a disciple, we think a totally different thing than punishment or spanking, right? We think about following Jesus. We think about um, maybe apprentice comes to your mind. 
Apprentice is someone who is learning a trade. I looked up the word uh, discipline, and one definition is this. Discipline refers to the process by which someone learns a way of life. That makes sense, doesn't it? Now, is punishment involved? Yes, absolutely. Punishment sometimes is discipline, but discipline is not always punishment. Do you get, do you get that? Um, discipline is, is us learning from the master his way of life, God's way of life. God wants us to learn his way of life, and when we do that, when he disciplines us, he is training us. He is training us to be more like him, little Christs, Christs, that's who we are, little Christs, because of Jesus' death and his resurrection on the cross. We want to serve him. Let's read a few verses uh, about discipline, and then I want to talk about why we prune an apple tree. Um, so Proverbs 12, 1 talks about discipline. Proverbs 12, 1, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. And I like the NIV version uh, of that. I think stupid is a common word, right? So do you love discipline or do you hate correction? Which is it for you? Which is it for me? Revelation 3.19, uh, and this is God talking to the church at Laodicea, um, and we know what he says about them being lukewarm. Um, so this is just breaking into God's, God's evaluation of the church of Laodicea. Revelation 3.19, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. God's calling for, for us not just the church of Laodicea, to be earnest and to repent uh, when he disciplines us. Because why does he discipline us? It's right there. He, he loves us. God loves you. God loves me. And that's why he sometimes brings discipline into our lives. That's why he disciplines us. Deuteronomy 8.5 Deuteronomy 8.5, know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. And uh, one more in Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5 verse 8. And this is talking about Jesus. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Jesus Christ had to be disciplined as well. Jesus Christ learned the way of life from his father. And because of that, because of that, do you see what it says? 
He was made perfect, and he became the source of our eternal salvation. Isn't that wonderful? And it also calls us to obey, to obey and follow him, to be disciplined as well. So I'd like, I have five reasons why I prune an apple tree. Um, remember I said it's, if, if that's the only thing you're going to do, that's, that's what we want to do. We want to prune an apple tree. We want to take out some branches. We get our, our, our pruner, um, and they're, they have some vicious teeth on them, and we just lop off branches. But why do we do that? And while we're talking about these five reasons to prune an apple tree, I want you to be thinking with me about why does God discipline us? Why does God bring things in our lives? Why does God um, hurt us sometimes? Why does God allow suffering? Uh, Why does God punish us sometimes? Okay, so number one reason why I prune an apple tree, uh, reason number one is because pruning lets the sunlight into the tree canopy. Um, And... Probably it's easy for you to imagine that sunlight is a very nice thing for, a, for an apple, right? Um, if you've bought an apple at Kaufman's um, in a basket, a half-peck basket, for instance, there are some apples that have a little bit more red to them than others. Well, that's because that, has, that apple, a, a more red apple, has more, had, had more sun most likely. Sunlight, sun on apples, creates prettier apples. It also tastes better. It has more sugar content. Pruning lets in the sunlight. When we take out some of the branches, it lets in the sunlight. And now let me tell you something about apple trees and about fruit trees in general, but maybe especially apple trees, is that apple trees are really, really good at growing branches. They, they grow branches everywhere. Um, I have, we, we found a tree, an old tree, apple tree at home in our fence row uh, between us and the neighbors. And, and that tree is just a gnarled mess. That tree had no pruning for, I don't know, it was, it, it's an older apple tree. And it is just branches everywhere. And we found it, oh, last spring. And it had a few blossoms on, but mostly it was just a dense canopy of leaves once the leaves came out. And those blossoms, to our knowledge, never produced any apples. Um, There were just a handful of blossoms. Trees are so good at growing branches. They are so good at growing branches, but they're not that good at growing fruit. They need help to grow fruit. Uh, and, And if they don't have help from the orchardist, they will eventually become like that tree in our fence row, when they're not cared for, they will just grow branches because they don't know what else to do. And eventually they will produce no fruit at all if they're left to their own devices. They'll just grow branches. We tend to do the same. We tend to do the same. We need care. We need somebody to prune us. Number two reason to prune an apple tree is pruning promotes air circulation. Okay, so that doesn't seem like real important. Well, maybe it's not. But air circulation uh, helps to 
that tree to withstand some diseases. Um, a tree is healthier when there's more air circulation through its branches. Doesn't get diseases as easily. Also, when a tree is loaded down with apples, if it is bearing good fruit, um, it, the more branches it has on, the more apples, the heavier it is. And so air circulation can help. In, in a windstorm, it can maybe keep that tree standing. Number three reason to prune an apple tree is it reduces competition for the available energy. So, again, trees produce branches. They produce too many branches. Apple trees do. And so, a reason to, to prune an apple tree is to just reduce the competition. The roots provide the energy, but when we prune a branch, when we thin out the branches, that, that lets that energy from the roots go into the remaining branches, and they will grow faster, and they will grow healthier. They will grow better because there's not as much competition for that available energy. And this also produces more and bigger apples because there's not as much competition. If you don't prune your apple tree, um, it, will, it will produce apples for a while, but they won't be as big and there won't be as many of them. And eventually it will lessen and lessen until you prune it. Number four reason to prune an apple tree. And, and again, are you thinking about reasons why God disciplines us? Number four reason is to train the tree to a more productive shape. Uh, and there's different ways to do this, but pruning, um, I, do, I, I use the central leader for my apple trees, like Kaufman's do. And, and that's sort of a pyramid shape. So we want, we want the, we, and we have to train that tree to grow a certain way because, again, trees, they just grow branches any which way, and there's too many of them in certain areas. So we have to train this tree, this apple tree, to a more productive shape. And when you have a pyramid shape, a Christmas tree shape apple tree that has longer branches on the bottom, not as, not as long branches on top, Again, the sun can get in um, to those apples, especially since apples often grow on the outer third of a, of a, of a limb. Um, the, tr the tree can get more sunlight to its fruit, and it's just a more, um, it shapes that tree to be more productive. It'll grow more apples um, when you shape it correctly. And we could talk about child training here, but uh, the most important time to train an apple for an apple tree for shape is when a tree is well you guessed it when it's young when it is it is just planted the first year that you prune that apple tree is the most important time the tree is um, the tree is young it's flexible more flexible than when it gets older and so you can you can manipulate the shape much easier when it's young and you can get it to grow where you want to Okay, and, and the last, the last um, reason to prune a tree, and maybe this m might be the most important one, a way to prune an apple tree, a reason to prune an apple tree, is to stimulate focused growth. Trees need to know 
Trees grow branches very well, right? If we take off some of the branches and take them off at the exact place, um, make a heading cut, for instance, um, that, will, that will somehow tell the tree to send more energy to where the cut was, the wound, right? And if, if you do it right, that will produce a bud right below that cut to grow where you want it to go. Maybe the tree had upright, uh, more upright branches, which is not as good for fruiting. And so you find a bud that's going out, and then you cut it right above that bud. That produces focused growth for that tree to go out where you want it to, do, uh, to grow. It will produce more fruit. Horizontal branches are more, more uh, they tend to fruit better and more than a vertical branch. So that's uh, another thing to take out is suckers that steal the energy. You, you, you just take those off. So that's why I prune an apple tree. And maybe you're thinking, okay, why does God prune us? And maybe you've had some ideas. I want to talk next about what needs to be pruned from an apple tree? What kinds of wood are we looking for? What, does, what gets removed? How do you know what to remove and what to, what to keep? And, and again, I want, I want you to think about what does God re- want to remove from our lives? What does God want to discipline us, to train us, so that we can be better bearers of fruit? So number one thing that I take out of an apple tree is easy, dead or diseased wood. Um, and, and I'd like to just liken that to sin in our lives. Dead or diseased wood will eventually spread to the rest of the branch and eventually possibly to the rest of the tree. Uh, there's a disease called fire blight. And I remember, oh, as a, as a boy, maybe 13 or 14 years old, that I was, for some reason, riding along with my grandpa Kaufman, Ray Kaufman, um, and we went to the pear orchard, and he had um, he was taking extraordinary care to take out some branches that had fire blight on them, uh, and I just sort of remember it sticking out how careful he was. Um, it just stuck in my mind that wow, he he was doing everything he could to make sure he put them into a, a plastic bag, and then he brought it into his truck with him, and he was going to go burn them. Um, he did not want that fire blight to spread to the rest of the, uh, the, rest of the trees. Uh, it needed to get cut out. Sooner the better. That's sin in our lives. God wants to remove sin in our lives because if he doesn't, well, we, we heard in Sunday school, uh, death, death. Who wants death? We cannot bear fruit very long anyway when we have dead when we are, we're dead in our sins. Lust, anger, love of money, bitterness, disobedience. You know what God needs to remove from your life. Will you allow him to do that? Something else that we need to, that we remove from an apple tree 
is the suckers, and I already talked about them. They're the, they're the upright branches close to the trunk that basically are just taking away our, um, they, they're taking away the energy, and they don't produce fruit, at least not very much. And so if we can cut those suckers from our lives, it will allow us to be more fruitful because we'll have more energy to produce fruit. So are you thinking with me, what are some of those things um, in our lives? And, and related to that is just competing branches. Competing branches, um, sometimes they might be a good fruiting wood, but they're like too close. And so we, we just need to take one out, right? Because there's too much. So some suckers in our lives, maybe that God is asking you to remove. How about just the idea of too much? Um, competing branches or suckers, too much. How about things like too much social media or too much sports or maybe too much time on the job or too much coffee or too much hobbies? What's God asking you to rid from your life so that it doesn't compete with his purpose in your life? And instead, we want to be more fruitful. We want to have more Bible, more prayer, more service, more giving. We can take out those suckers in our lives and have more of God's purpose. We want to bear more fruit for the master. Sometimes a branch is removed simply to stimulate growth in another part of the tree. And maybe this is some of the hardest kinds of discipline for us. Um, I don't know. I think of this kind of discipline from the master like things, things like financial loss or the loss of a loved one or maybe betrayal or even persecution, things we didn't really see coming. But God wants to use those kind of things to push us to growth, more growth so that we can produce more fruit for him. I want to I turn now to Hebrews 12, what Glenn read, and I just want to read those quickly, those verses in Hebrews 12. And I, I do love this passage. It Let's read Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 11. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And I want to stop there a little bit and just talk about, well, in verse 1, God has surrounded us with a great cloud of witnesses. And, and you'll notice quickly, you remember that Hebrews 11, the, the hall of faith, uh, the many people in Hebrews 11, that, that God notes their faith. And 
this, the God was discipline, disciplining each of those. They're not in the, in the faith chapter because they were sitting around doing nothing. They're in there because they allowed God to discipline them. They allowed God to use them to produce fruit for his glory. And that's why they're there by faith. It takes faith to let God use us and build us into a uh, more fruitful tree. So verse 1, God expects us to persevere at discipline. Do you see that? We're supposed to throw off, sound like pruning? Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. We need to do that. God wants to discipline us. Sometimes, you ever hear the word self-discipline? We need to let God do that by disciplining, by disciplining ourselves into his service. And we have a great cloud of witnesses, but we also need to fix our eyes upon Jesus, the model of our faith, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy. You get, you get that? You're getting the picture. Discipline is, it might be simple, but it's not usually easy. It's hard, and it's painful. It's not what we want. But there's joy set before us when we endure, just like our master before us. Let's consider him who endured. Let's move on. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines those he loves. And he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. We'll stop there again. Again, God disciplines us not because he wants to get one over on us. Not because we are sinful. Yes, we are. We are very sinful. But because he loves us and he wants us to be more like himself. He wants us to be more a bigger little Christ. He wants us to produce more fruit. He loves us. The Lord disciplines those he loves. Endure hardship as discipline. So he's telling us what discipline maybe looks like. Hardship in our lives. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? And I want to skip down to verse 10. Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Sounds like a apple tree, doesn't it? It sounds like God is pruning us. Why? To produce a harvest of righteousness and peace when we allow ourselves 
to be trained by it. Hardship in our lives, back to verse 7, is God at work in us to produce more fruit. Are you producing fruit? Are you producing as much fruit as God intends for you? In closing, I'd like to go to Job and impart hopefully some wisdom from Eliphaz the Temanite in Job 5. So we know the story of Job, how Job, um, well, there was a, Almost a bet, if you will, going on in heaven between God and Satan. Job didn't know this. Job's three friends didn't know this. But Job had everything stripped away from him in a very short time. And we know the story. Job's friends came and comforted him. And their comfort was fairly accusing most of the time. Uh, And they thought, Job's three friends thought, that Job had sinned and this is why God is punishing him, right? And they were off a bit. Job hadn't necessarily sinned. But this wisdom from Eliaphaz, one of Job's friends, in Job 5, verse 17 and 18, I want to read that to you. And this is, I think, spot on. Although a lot of what Eliaphaz and his other friends said wasn't necessarily accurate, I think this is. Blessed is the man whom God corrects. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. For he wounds, but he also binds up. He injures, but his hands also heal. And I love that. Eliphaz hit it right on the head. God wants to not just injure us because he likes to see us hurting. No. God wants the suffering, the pain in our lives, the hardship that he brings. He wants to have the opportunity to heal us. And when we heal, we are growing more fruit for his glory as we learn, as we are trained in God's pruning program how to Produce more fruit for the master. God has a plan for your growth in fruitfulness. He has a plan for mine. Will we together allow ourselves to be trained and blessed, like Eliaphaz says? There are other options. We can despise the discipline of the Lord. My prayer is that us together, we together, will be producers of much fruit. Would you kneel with me in prayer? Father God, I thank you for the goodness that you have given to us, especially we're thinking of the amazing um, provision for our salvation, Um, Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, And then he didn't stay there. Thank you, Lord. He rose from the dead. And we want to commemorate his resurrection today and every day of our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you hurt us sometimes, that you discipline us sometimes. Because you love us, 
and, and sometimes it's hard to feel your love, but Lord, help us to when we are disciplined by you to grow in your knowledge and in fruitfulness for the master. I, I pray um, that we all together would be able to bear much fruit for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.